Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Most countries have their own laws and regulations surrounding labor and employment. This means managing your distributed team. The COVID-19 pandemic hasn't helped matters. For example, US legislation such as the Families First Coronavirus Response Act and many others being rolled out by governments across the world have increased the already mounting pressure on people managers. Whether you're an international corporation or a single startup with employees around the world, providing for your remote team has never been more important. In this HR chat, Jack Mardak, co-founder at Oyster, discusses the findings of a recently published report on the future of HR. He shares some key info you should need to know about global HR compliance and common HR compliance issues faced by remote teams, in addition to how HR teams can remain globally compliant. Jack and his team are on a mission to tackle the global talent gap by encouraging organizations to think internationally about their talent. By forcing us to change our behavior, says Jack, the pandemic showed us that we can work very differently in the future than we have in the past, and that we can be much more deliberate in designing how we want to work at our own companies. Letting go of our historical reliance on the office is only part of the change. Jack believes we are at the beginning of an exciting new chapter in the world of work. I agree with him and Oyster are keen to help usher it in. Jack, it's my pleasure. It's my delight, sir, to welcome you to the show today. Thank you, Bill. Thank you for the extremely warm welcome. I'm very excited to be here. So beyond my wee introduction there, why don't you just take another minute or so and and introduce yourself, tell our listeners about yourself and and your career background. Uh, Thank you. Thank you, Bo. Well, as you you noted, I am Jack Mardak, the co-founder of Oyster. Oyster is the purpose-built HR platform for a globally distributed company. Uh, We make it easy to hire, pay, and ultimately to confer a great equal uh, employment experience uh, to workers, uh, irregardless of, uh, of their country uh, of, of, uh, of residence. I am uh, formerly a New Yorker, been in the Bay Area a little over 20 years, and have enjoyed uh, a great career where, uh, among other things, I got to observe the incredible agency of uh, software on the ways that we work. And, uh, and, and that is a, a part of the perspective that I bring on uh, the changes and uh, the renaissance, as I call it, that uh, I, I believe is, uh, is beginning uh, right now. Now, it's my understanding, Jack, that Oyster was founded as recently as 2019, but recently you've, you've actually closed a Series B of $50 million. Tell us a bit about the company. It sounds like you guys are, you're, you're, the sky's the limit for you guys. You're, 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 you're rapidly growing. Oyster is, uh, is a, a rapidly growing company. We are fully distributed. We have uh, nearly 100 employees in uh, well over 30 countries uh, at present. So we're, we're definitely uh, drinking the, the Kool-Aid, uh, as it were, insofar as we believe that there are, there's a great opportunity for for companies to thrive based on unconstrained access to a diversity of talent uh, around the world and so that that is our that is our purpose that is our raison d'etre uh, oyster um, began with the idea uh, what would the world be like 
if uh, no talent had to be wasted because of the uh, accident of geographic lo location. And so that is the inspiration that we, that we bring both to the platform that we've built on behalf of our customers and also the way that, that Oyster itself uh, functions as, a, as an organization. So I've, I've been lucky enough personally to enjoy the benefits of being able to work remotely for over a decade now. Okay. And I'm, I'm a huge believer in, um, in getting out there and, and, and seizing upon the wider pool of talent, no matter where you are in the world. I've, I've recently, however, spoken to several leaders of, of organizations who perhaps have suggested to me, um, not always on air, um, but have suggested to me that now that many countries are getting through the worst of the pandemic, Jack, they're, they're kind of, going back to an old school approach if you like and and first and foremost they're, they're looking for local talent and, and they justify it by saying things like you know it's so that we can have face-to-face -face time on a regular basis and they get a they get a sense of the company culture etc etc I, I get that to an extent but I also hope that the last 18 months have proven that that's not really necessary talk to me a bit about the, what inspired the mission behind Oyster and and what you'd say to those folks out there, those leaders of companies who do feel like they can go back to the old ways of, of having a local office with local folk. I think you're absolutely right, Bill, that uh, for many uh, organizations and leaders that may have been uh, skeptical uh, without the, 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 the forced inducement or the forced experiment of the pandemic on remote working, uh, I think it's been proven that uh, remote working works uh, in a lot of uh, in a lot of organizations, uh, particularly where the focus is on on knowledge work, which you might say has um, has not required the office, strictly speaking, for for some time now. Uh, and so I, I think that the the experiences of the of the last eighteen months have have definitely confirmed that our our uh, report, uh, which we just published uh, a couple of weeks ago, together with 451 Research, where we explored specifically the, the, the shifts, the changes, the what now kinds of questions post-pandemic aimed at HR leaders. And it's very clear that, uh, that a majority of organizations are, are reporting uh, successes uh, and uh, that a majority of organizations are, as a result of this experience, uh, making permanent adjustments increasing the flexibility that they offer uh, their workers as well as thinking more broadly about uh, the talent that they can access because of the removed constraints of the requirement that people be working together in an office so we're we're, we're very encouraged by that i'd like to get your explanation here for, for those that perhaps are not familiar um with with how one goes about managing uh, globally distributed teams. What, what what is global HR compliance for for distributed teams? When, when we're talking in the context of different legislation, different laws, managing how we can work and how we can manage in in different places. Well, of of course, uh, as you may know, uh, employment is a, a regulated a concept. Uh, governments, um, countries, states, provinces have laws uh, about uh, how people work. And as a result, employers are required to uh, abide by those laws. And, and those laws range from uh, things like uh, how much uh, taxation there should be on income, uh, what, what holidays uh, are permitted uh, or required, uh, as well as uh, nuances and, and norms that are not strictly the letter of the law, but that are a part of being 
a successful employer in a, in a particular uh, country. And so Oyster tackles that, uh, that compliance complexity in a, in a couple of ways. The, uh, the payroll piece is obviously uh, very important, and uh, Oyster has developed a, a global payroll engine that makes it easy for uh, a, even a, a modest people team to manage what would otherwise be the overwhelming complexities of multi-currency uh, payroll uh, in a compliant uh, manner uh, around the world. And by compliant manner, we mean such that uh, taxes are withheld at the right amount automatically, et cetera. And so we, we've built this, uh, this payroll engine that, that makes that, all of that easy. Uh, of course, there are, as I said, other, other things to consider, such as um, uh, norms and, uh, and, uh, and policies uh, with regard to employing in a particular country. And uh, Oyster makes uh, a lot of that, that information easily digestible and available to a, to a growing people team, such as the, what, what might have been the scary uh, challenge of hiring a person for the, for the very first time in a, in a particular country, we can we can reduce that uh, that lower that bar uh, and allow for uh, for employers to move more confidently into new countries uh, for the very first time. So compliance is is the the the, the bulk of uh, of all of the the laws and and policies and norms that have to be uh, abided in order to employ legally successfully uh, without embarrassment uh, in a particular country. Okay. And what happens if uh, if an HR department gets it wrong with their compliance? Uh, what, what, are, what are some right. of the poten potential negative outcomes? Right. Well, there can be fines. Uh, there can be, um, uh, for example, uh, one issue that uh, we help our customers with is this concept of the correct classification of workers. Uh, it, it has been the norm for a long time because of the complexities of hiring people full time in another country that, uh, that many companies hire them as contractors and, and rather hope for the best and that no one will come uh, uh, peeking uh, under the hood, as it were, and find out that, that this employee is actually uh, uh, fits the description of a full time employee. So classification risk is significant for for for, uh, for employers that hire people in in other countries and and we help with by both uh, say making it easy to figure out if uh, if an employee should be a contractor or uh, a full-time employee we have a contractor assessment tool as part of our free distributed hr tools uh, and of course uh, once a, a determination is made we we provide for the for the preferred method of employment, whether that is to hire them as a full-time employee, in which case we, we furnish uh, fully compliant contracts, and of course, uh, the payroll piece, as I, as I mentioned, or as a contractor, where, uh, again, uh, compliant agreements and contracts, as well as convenient uh, means of payment are, are required. Now, as I mentioned in my introduction, and you briefly mentioned one of your previous answers, you guys recently developed and published a report together with the 451 research on the future of HR. Um, can you can you take a couple of minutes now, Jack, and, and share what the report revealed? Yes, Bill, I, I would be happy to. Uh, and, and so I, I think one of the key points we, we went into this, and so I, sh I should describe the research, and, and um, this is research uh, conducted uh, earlier in the year, uh, aimed at uh, HR leaders uh, in a variety of industries, but with a focus on, on knowledge work, uh, 
software, technology, uh, IT, uh, finance, uh, et cetera. Uh, and so one of the main questions was, it seems that there's been a shift. Uh, it seems that, uh, that there will be more remote working in the future. We wanted to quantify that. And so we were, we were keen to understand the absolute magnitude of the shift. And as I shared earlier, uh, more than half of, uh, of, of the organizations reported permanent adjustments, uh, increasing the flexibility of remote work. In, in some cases, these, some of these organizations have, have gone all in, uh, as it were, declaring uh, the end of their reliance on the office and, and uh, that there should be remote work uh, ever more into the future. Uh, and so uh, that that is a key finding that that remote work is is definitely here to here to stay. That many organizations, the majority of organizations, have uh, adjusted their policies, have adjusted their footprint uh, from a real estate uh, standpoint, uh, all the way down to zero uh, in some cases. And and also that they are, of course, the reason they're doing this is that they are reporting great successes in in remote work. Uh, productivity is up, uh, work life balance. Uh, happiness, contentment, uh, all of these things are, are showing positive signals uh, in, in response to the adjustment to remote working. The, the second uh, important theme that came out is, is very exciting, um, particularly to me, as I said, as a, a student of, of knowledge work uh, and, and of the impact of software on knowledge work. Uh, I, I'm excited to, to, have, to, to have found that uh, a part of this next chapter will be that HR assumes uh, full ownership as the architect of the employment uh, experience. And it, it, this is interesting because uh, I think uh, what we've realized is removing the office sort of exposed that, uh, well, who, who owns how we work, right? Is it, is, it, uh, is it facilities because they provide, of course, the, the, the floor space and the cubicles? Is it IT because they furnish the laptops and, and get to choose many of the tools that we use to collaborate? Uh, and work together, and and so uh, removing the the office has sort of been pulling out the rug, uh, where it it, it exposed this lack of clear ownership over the employment experience. And I think that that uh, there's now a tremendous opportunity for HR to stand up and to take ownership of that uh, in a more in a more deliberate way. Uh, and so that's very exciting. The the uh, third uh, theme that we found in the report is the rising importance of, uh, of talent uh, acquisition. And I, I think that um, one of the areas of HR that was probably uh, un under considerable strain, uh, aching for reinvention even before the pandemic was talent acquisition where already uh, many organizations were uh, leaning into a, a more distributed way of working, were interested in, in being able to hire people um, uh, remotely and in other countries. And uh, as a result, the old techniques, the old tactics where you uh, put up some jobs on your website and, and wait for qualified candidates to come knocking on your door are, are simply not, not going to work in this, new, in this new world. And so talent acquisition is going to get a, a, a top-down uh, reinvention. And a part of that is going to be uh, uh, HR rising to the opportunity to have a much more strategic uh, impact via talent acquisition. And a big part of that is going to be bringing in the, the, the many values and benefits of a diversified uh, workforce. 
I, I think that is uh, that is an important uh, theme. Uh, fourth and last, I would say, is uh, another result of the pandemic is is uh, uh, a re-evaluation, a recharacterization of of what it what is required to take care of your people. I think previously we had a uh, sort of a contingency approach to um, benefits and taking care, where what we care about is 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 that there's um, there's a net should should uh, you know, certain uh, eventualities happen, uh, illness, accident, what have you, and and of course these are important things. But what we've realized during the pandemic is that taking care of employees is a much more active, a much more real time. A much more continuous activity, of course, uh, in, in, to have an insurance of, of, uh, of various types uh, in, in case uh, uh, urgencies uh, or um, undes un unwanted events uh, happen is very important. But what we've realized now is that removing the office, it really isn't things like gummy bears and jars or or ping pong tables that that are that are going to be important to employees now, obviously. And so, what are those new things? And surging in importance within that is uh, wellness, mental health, for example. And so I, I think that uh, benefits and perks is going to get a big overhaul as well uh, as a result uh, as a result of the pandemic. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, from what I've heard, for, for example, from Gartner, uh, forty-five percent of budgets are going into uh, wellness at the moment. Um, in, in fact, back in uh, a little plug here, for listeners, for another episode. Uh, back at, in episode uh, two five six, I, I spoke with Brian Crop, who's group vice president and chief of HR research at Gartner Research, and he he um, he elaborated on something you just mentioned there, Jack, in, in terms of the, the, the shared huge numbers of people who are going to be working remotely. On, on the go forward so he 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 suggested that their research found that 28 percent of employees will be working from home part of the time post pandemic which we're now just about in and and half of the workforce will be in in, in a traditional office environment um which means half won't be <laughs> so we are we are right. changing times listeners um in your opinion jack how, how should hr leaders think differently in order to capitalize on on these new opportunities for for organizational impact well, I think it begins by being inspired. Uh, HR is on the cusp of, of an incredible renaissance. I would compare what is going to happen to HR in the 2020s to what we just saw happen to IT in the 2010s, where IT not so long ago was not the most respected function in the organization, represented by the, the ne'er-do-well uh, nerd who would come over to our our, our desk and 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 do not such a great job of fixing our our uh, computer when it had failed, uh, and look at look at IT now. IT is at the at the absolute forefront of value creation and innovation, and and this was a a change in response to the uh, opportunities presented by uh, the cloud. Uh, as well as by the opportunities represented by by data. So I think uh, in, in very similar uh, fashion, uh, catalyzed by the, the pandemic, uh, HR is going to see a transformation as well, uh, a transformation that is focused on creating new value from a more purposeful approach to designing how an organization works. I think I think that is that is a huge theme. I think if we if we it, it's it's it feels true to say that 
uh, companies working in offices tended to work fundamentally in the same ways, no matter whether you know it was a bank or a software company. And 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 as I said, now that we've pulled out the rug, as it were, uh, from the work experience by removing the the office as a as a framework, we're we're creating uh, an entirely new white space for organizations to design uh, uh, how they work and to fit that uh, much more purposely to the work that they're that they are doing. I, th I think that is that is an exciting uh, inspirational area for for HR. And then, as I said, I think that the opportunity to, to transform uh, organizational successes via, via um, talent acquisition is, is, is at hand. Uh, I believe that, that uh, as, um, as Connor Forrest of 451 put it in, in our, our report, the uh, opportunity is now for HR to take a, a much a bigger seat at the table, and and I think that'll be as a result of these uh, these opportunities for new value creation and for new business impact that are being presented. I hope you're right, and I hope it's not too data driven. You hear a lot of stories of these new CHROs coming to larger companies who've got a data analytics background, for example, and not a people background. So it's important to. Um, I, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it, and I'm going to regret it as soon as I say it. Uh, keep the human in human resources. Um, so. The big elephant in the room here, I guess, is is maintaining a strong um, camaraderie, a, a strong culture within an organization if it is distributed. Oyster is, is a globally distributed company. How, how do you guys maintain a strong work culture with individuals across, uh, spread across the world? Well, the simple answer is we're extremely uh, deliberate uh, about it. Um, that begins with uh, some in, some core uh, organizational uh, choices, such as creating a remote uh, experience team, a team within the HR function that is specifically uh, tasked with uh, what I described, which is designing how we work uh, internally. And that runs the gamut from the tools that we use, in our case, uh, Slack and Loom and Notion, to name just a few. Uh, as well as the philosophies and the principles that guide how we all agree to work together internally. Uh, an example that I like a lot is that uh, Slack, which a lot of people dislike because they feel that they that it makes uh, undue demands on their attention. Uh, we use it in a in a in a very different way. On Slack, there is no expectation ever of an instant reply. Right. Um, Think of the, the power of that, where that, that urgency uh, is, is entirely removed from our expectation and the way that we use that tool for communications. And, and it trickles on down from, uh, from uh, the high-level principles around asynchronous communication, our, uh, our emphasis on uh, written communication as, as a, a very important form of communication internally. And so we, I would say that under a, a big banner of, of deliberation and thoughtfulness, we have very carefully crafted how we work, how we, how we provide for human interaction as much as how we collaborate, how we build culture, what, what it means to build culture within, within a, a distributed organization. I think that, um, that uh, if, you, if you cite the unfortunate likely example of, of the culture of an organization being an inert plaque on a wall, 
in a distributed organization because the work experience has to be constructed, as it were, from the ground up, from zero. There's, you don't get any of it from just walking uh, through a door in the morning, right? It has to all be uh, instantiated uh, entirely from, uh, from, from zero. Given that op opportunity, culture uh, permeates the work experience in a, in a way that is unexpected and delightful, that I would say is quite different from from what you get uh, at an office-based company. And so th those are some of the thoughts we, we bring to that. Jack, you're not going to believe this. Um, I, I don't want to make you cry, but uh, we are almost at the end of this interview already, sir. Before we wrap up, two more questions for you. And the next one, maybe kind of as a recap, I guess, of what you've spoken about so far. What, what, are, your, what are your parting words of advice to HR leaders at partially or fully distributed companies? Seize the moment, uh, be inspired, the renaissance of HR uh, is at hand. Everyone has realized the importance of human capital to an organization in a way like never before. And it has become very clear that human resources is the custodian of that human capital, both in terms of finding it, bringing it to bear on an organization's ambitions and goals, as well as purposely designing now in a way that I think is entirely new how an organization works. Uh, I, I would I would leave them with uh, with those hopefully very inspiring thoughts. A renaissance in HR, eh? Maybe we found the title for this episode. Um, and just finally for today, how can we how can we connect with you, Jack? So maybe that's through LinkedIn. Maybe you'd like to share your email address. Maybe you're super cool and you're uh, all over TikTok. And also, how how can they learn more about Oyster? Yes. So all of the above, as regards me, I'm, I'm Jack at OysterHR.com. Of course, please uh, visit OysterHR.com for more information about our company uh, and our services. You can also uh, get a hold of your own copy of the Future of HR report that we've referenced and have talked a lot about uh, during this conversation. Wonderful. Well, that just leaves me to say for today, Jack, thank you very much for being a guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show. My extraordinary pleasure, Bill. Thank you for having me. I'd definitely love to get you on again soon. But until that point, that just leaves me to say to the listeners, listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.